Good morning. Welcome to It's a Religion. The podcast that seeks to do two things, encourage others in their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and to uh, help others understand what the world does when it doesn't do that. What happens to the world when it doesn't do that? When we look at the news cycle, when we look at what other people do, decisions people make, and uh, how we all need him. We all need Christ. We all need the Savior of the universe. We all need the Creator of the universe. And to put our faith and trust in him. So welcome. Thanks for stopping by. And we just, we try and do a, a 20 to 30 minutes of encouragement in the morning, starting with the Word of God. Our premise is twofold. One, uh, you put your faith in one of two things, either the Lord Jesus Christ as the way, the truth, the life, the only way to come to the Father, and the other, fill in the blank, evolution, uh, secular humanism, Buddhism, Mohammedism, Shintoism, fill in the blank with an ism and away you go, right? Alcoholism, could be another one. So welcome, thanks for stopping by. Today we are going through the book of Genesis. We are in the book of Genesis on chapter, what is today's date? The 11th, uh, chapter 11. I like starting out the year going through the book of Genesis every year because it is the beginning of this world, beginning of this creation, the beginning of your life. Started when Adam was created by God, I would guess around 6,000 some years ago. Um, and there's really no ifs, ands, or buts about it, right? I mean, it's just the way it is so you can believe that or believe that we came from a bowl of soup millions of years ago that's what you got those are the two things i mean even the mohammedans tip the hat to creation right they don't get the rest of it right but they at least get that part uh they've got at least somewhat of a fix on it in that regard so let's take a look at by the way, we're coming to you live. This is Ehud, son of Dennis, coming to you live from the Middle West of the divided states of America and to the Republic for which they stand, two nations under God, with liberty and justice for some, for those that have a connection or have money or whatever. Anyway, let's. We're in Genesis eleven. Or Genesis eleven. Let's look at that. And yesterday we were in Genesis 10, which was a very accurate record of the genealogy of the sons of Noah, the ones whom which we all stem from, because there was Shem, Ham, and Japheth. And we, we all come from one of those three guys' situation, and then their father Noah as well. And it's, uh, it's pretty neat when you think about it. And science will try and say we did or didn't at this point. I, you know, you can get in the genetics of everything all you want but i you know there's there's no good way to prove that outside of hey it was written down very accurately there's very much in the bible in the early days that was written down for our consumption 2000 and some years later or more um that is very accurate it's very well uh established in the bible and so it's very easy for me to put my faith in something that is that way, that had eyewitness accounts, that had the ability to be passed down at least from person to person, versus millions of years in soup. 
because that's what evolution is. It's at its core base. It's millions of years in soup. You came from soup millions of years ago. That's what you got. So good luck with that. And the whole earth was of one language and of one speech. And it came to pass as they journeyed from the east and they found a plain in the land of Shinar and they dwelt there. And they said one to another, go to, let us make brick and burn them thoroughly. And they had brick for stone and slime they had for mortar. And they said, go to, let us build a city and a tower whose top may reach unto heaven. And let us make a name, lest we be scattered abroad upon the face of the whole earth. So they were not doing what God had told them to do. When they got out of the boat, they said, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. Get out there, you know, spread out, use the earth. And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower, which the children of men had built. And the Lord said, behold, the people is one and they have all one language. And this they begin to do. And now nothing will be strained from them, which they have imagined to do. Go, go to, let us go down and there confound their language that they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord scattered them abroad from thence upon the face of all the earth, and they left off to build the city. Therefore the name of it is called Babel, because the Lord did there confound the language of the earth, and from thence did the Lord scatter them abroad upon the face of the earth. And, you know, again, that's another area evolutionists can't explain why there's different languages, different language groups, different groups in in general in the earth, different cultures i like to call them not different races different cultures there's one race many cultures and uh you know right here we see a reason for it you know the people were doing something god didn't want them to do and he said hey wait a minute we're going to do this y'all get out there and spread out and so they did they couldn't understand one another so they went and formed different groups communities cultures uh within their own language groups and it's pretty simple if that were the case you know we would some four thousand years later have a earth filled with different communities and culture groups and languages that we do today right you know pretty straightforward so uh you know the other guys have a real hard time explaining that one much like Everything else. They figure it out. They try and explain it one way or another because they have to fit it into their paradigm. But it's another proof that, you know, evolution is, is again, a bowl of soup millions of years ago. These are the generations of Shem. Shem was 100 years old and begat Arphaxad two, two years after the flood. And Shem lived after he begat Arphaxad 500 years and begat sons and daughters. And Arphaxad lived five and thirty years and begat Selah. And Arphaxad lived after he begat Selah four hundred and three years and begat sons and daughters. So people, at least immediately after the flood, were living still a fairly long time. And Selah lived thirty years and begat Eber. And Selah lived after he begat Eber four hundred and three years and begat sons and daughters. But you see a degradation. You know, it was nine hundred and some years, right? Now they're down to four hundred and some years. And Eber lived 430 years and begat Peleg. And Eber lived after he begat Peleg 430 years and begat sons and daughters. And Peleg lived 30 years and begat Ryu. And they started having babies earlier. I don't know if you noticed that. It seemed like they were a little bit older prior to the flood before they started having babies. And, uh, and anyway, and Peleg lived after he begat Ryu 209 years and begat sons and daughters. And Ryu lived 230 years and begat Sirug. And Ryu lived after he begat Sirug. 
207 years and begat sons and daughters. And Serug lived 30 years and begat Nahor. And Serug lived after he begat Nahor 200 years and begat sons and daughters. And Nahor lived 920 years and begat Terah. And Nahor lived after he begat Terah and 119 years and begat sons and daughters. And Terah lived 70 years and begat Abram, Nahor, and Haran. Now these are the generations of Terah. Terah begat Abram, Nahor, and Haran. And Haran begat Lot. And Haran died before his father Terah in the land of his nativity in Ur of the Chaldees. And Abram and Nahor took them wives. The name of Abram's wife was Sarai. Sarai. And the name of Nahor's wife, Milcah, and the daughter of Haran, and the father of Milcah, and the father of Iscah. But Sarai was barren. She had no child. And Terah took Abram, his son, and Lot, the son of Haran's, uh, his son's son, and Sarai, his daughter-in-law, and his son, Abram's wife. And they went forth with them from Ur of the Chaldees to go to the land of Canaan. And they came to dwell in Haran and dwelt there. And the days of Terah were 205 years, and Terah died in Haran. So now we're down to 205 years from 400 and some years. And so I don't know what happened. You know, I mean, again, something must have changed in either humanity's makeup at that point or the climate of, of the earth. Uh, you know, maybe the pressure had increased or something like that and, and gravity became a bigger play on, on human beings. You know, the point now where we barely get 100 years. You know, I look at my grandma at 96 and my wife's, well, uh, and she's, you know, getting frail and losing her memory and, you know, all kinds of stuff. Um, and she's 96, right? So, uh, you know, it's it's really shortened the equation uh, post-flood. So don't tell me things weren't different before. Uh, that's the other thing that, that evolution says is true is uniformitarianism. Like everything that we see today was the way it was millions of years ago. And they don't know that. They just say it and you're supposed to believe them because they have white coats on and again, you know, you don't you can choose what you want to believe. You can either believe the guys in the white coats that are saying bowls of soup millions of years, or you can look at this and go, you know, this is pretty accurate account here. They got all the names, all these people. It goes, you know, very specific how long they lived, uh, so on and so forth. Uh, this looks pretty good. Uh, why would I not want to put my faith and trust in this? This is not the fantasy. This is not, you know, people who believe in evolution typically will uh, do what Democrats do. They blame others for what they're doing when they lie to you, when they um, circumvent the truth, when they try and uh, create a narrative out of something that's not true. And they'll say somebody else is doing that when they're, in fact, doing that very thing. And evolutionists will say, oh, that's just a fantasy. That's just a story. That doesn't have any foundation to it. I mean, that's just religious. Come on. There's no scientific proof of any of that. And yet you go to ICR, go to Answers in Genesis, they have plenty of scientific proof to show there is a young earth. And it's really not that far-fetched. But because the world needs evolution, the world needs uh, another way, you know, Satan wants you to believe anything but that there is a holy God that created you with purpose, with intent, with, um, with love. God is love. You know, that's, don't forget that. Think about that, folks. God loves you so much. God loves the world so much. He gave his only son to die for us on the cross. So anyway, a very accurate account of what happened many years ago. And I think, you know, very reliable. There's no reason that we have to try and formulate other strategies, other things um, to fill that void. And so, 
you know, we're at a point where there was a story in the Epic Times this morning. I'm just going to comment on this and, and call it a show today. But the abuse of science. And uh, Sir Francis Bacon said this in 1620. In ordinary logic, almost all effort is concentrated on the syllogism. The logicians seem scarcely to have thought about induction. They pass it by with barely a mention and hurry on their formulas for disputation. But we reject proof by syllogism because it operates in confusion and lets nature slip out of our hands. And the article goes on to say, where is Sir Francis Bacon when we really need him? Pioneers of the scientific method. Bacon recognized that reliance on syllogisms led to medieval thinkers astray. That same defined approach to understanding nature is embedded in the global warming hysteria. So between global warming and the COVID-19 pandemic, um, science is not in control here. It's, it's syllogisms, it's um, computer models, it's lies and deceit um, from our medical community. The CDC is a joke, in my opinion, at this point. It's, it really has no value whatsoever um, in the grand scheme of things because it's just, it's, they exist as a political organization. They don't exist as a uh, means of scientific discussion or dissemination at this point. And you're spending billions of dollars, 31,000 employees for what? What do we get out of them? You know, can we stop spending money on this stuff? You know, there's no purpose to it whatsoever. They're not protecting anybody from anything. So, but thank God we have something higher. We have something greater. We have something more amazing and a life to come that we won't have to worry about any of this stuff. We don't have to worry about sinful humans trying to run our lives and sinful humans trying to do things that they shouldn't be doing, including us. Thank God. So with that, have a blessed day. Thank you for stopping by. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow, maybe with a longer show. We'll see. But uh, just want to say thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for the small things like me and her on the porch swing. The summer nights and fireflies and the sound of my old six string. Blessings on blessings on blessings on blessings if I still got breath in these lungs. And that's all I need to get down on my knees and be thankful for all that he's done. For my mama, for my friends, for your love that